See, I like to do that because the music intro yeah. catches right into that. And the music, you like that. So here we are. This is the Let's Be Frank podcast. I'm sitting now doing episode number two with my friend Jack. Hi. Who you might recognize from the Arrowverse crossover episodes we do on Nerd Revolution Radio together. You might. If you listen to them. Yeah. If you don't listen to them, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you can go listen to them. Anyway, you're here now, so you're listening to this. I, I did the And We're Back because the, the theme song at the beginning, you've heard the theme song. I have heard the theme song. You like the theme song. I have. Did I tell you about how the theme song... It's by it's by a very good musician, I It hear. is. It's by Pete McCartney yeah. from the Rockets. And I told him when I started this podcast years back, I said to him, hey, Pete, I need a theme song. And he's like, okay, what did you have in mind? And I said, the only thing I can picture in my head is I just want you to picture CT walking down the street, bouncing his head around, happy. And that's what I got. Yeah. And it works now. It does. Now that you see that in your head. Yeah. I, I pictured you bumbling down the street, too. I mean, I'll take it. Walking out of Finnegan's like Oof. five in the morning. Oof. Five. That's generous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to go to Northern Liberties around then. Yeah. I got to find my car. Right. Yeah. There's my dog. So here I am sitting with Jack, the same as I sat with Ray, only we're not on a porch. And I'm trying to corral my musician friends from in the area and just kind of talk to them and kind of, you know, hear about their musical experiences and, and life experiences. So today it's Jack and I. And the first thing, I do a lot more ums when I do this way than the other one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Case Jesus in point. Christ. So you aren't from Philadelphia. No. You didn't you weren't like born here like Ray was born blocks from me. No. So where were where did you come from? So <laughs> So I was born outside Boston. Okay. Uh, that explains one thing. When I was about 18 months old, I moved to Southern California. Oh, no shit. And grew up uh, right outside of L.A. in a town called Redlands. Okay. Which is where the band Crackers from, actually. Oh. Um, where Dave Lowry and those guys are from. Okay. So I lived there until I was 14, I think, somewhere around there. Then ended up moving back to Delaware. Uh, and then I lived in Newark for another... Uh, maybe eight, nine, ten years, somewhere in there. Went to, uh, three years of high school there, sophomore, junior, senior, went five years of college there, and then, uh, lived down there for another, I don't know, five years, something like that, and then I moved up to Philly in, like, 2005-ish, 2006-ish. Damn. Um, started on the cover scene in Philly in, like, 98. So, well, I'm definitely going to get to there. So, you lived in... You lived outside of LA till you were fourteen, right around there. Yeah, how how was that? Like that, I so everybody else. Well, like, I didn't own a pair of pants till I was like probably ten or eleven. What? Oh, were shorts. Shorts. Yes. Okay. It snowed once. Wow. Like I saw snow once when I was a kid, yeah. uh, unless I was going up to Big Bear or something. But do, like, do you miss? Do you miss that weather? Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't never like... had allergies when I was growing up. It was great. <laughs> you moved to the Northeast and. Uh... Yeah, all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is what not being able to breathe feels like. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. I mean, you couldn't have there because of smog. I was just going to say. But I wasn't that close to L.A. Like, I could see the smog line oh. from where I lived. So we were, like, in the valley. Like, if you ever watch Cops? Yeah. They, they're in San Bernardino a lot. Okay. That's right next to Redlands. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but Redlands is, like, the nice retirement town. Right. University of Redlands is there. Stan Kenton's big band recorded an album there back in the 50s. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a quiet little town. Have Have you been back? Since last away? time I was back there was ninety five. When was that? Ninety five. I think I was out there for a uh, like international conference for Key Club in high school. Oh, and uh, that's nice. And I was out in Anaheim and uh, stopped back by Redlands for a day or two. Family still there? I have, I have a little bit. I have a brother in Rialto and uh, aunt and uncle down in Escondido outside San Diego. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, that's. Uh... See, yeah, I, that's I didn't know that. I, I actually, I don't think I, we ever like sat down and talked. Like usually, it's just comic book stuff, band stuff, comic book stuff, yeah. band rumors, um, which I'm staying away from. Uh, it's probably a good plan. Yeah. So, where where did you start with music? So you're you one of those guys that started when you were young, or did you pick it up way later in life? Well, I started with, with piano when I was young. Um, so like my 
parents bought a piano when I was like five. I took lessons from the time I was five till I was like ten or eleven. Um, did some like you know uh, the private lessons for that, ton of recitals, all that kind of stuff. That's just what you did back then, right? Um, won like a uh, city arts thing when I was like eight for like writing some song. Got in the newspaper. That was cool. Oh, that's neat. Um, then uh, tried picking up drums and percussion in like once I was in elementary school. But we didn't have like, like now now that I have kids, like I'm seeing like these bands and orchestras and like elementary school and stuff back here. Like we had nothing like that. No, well, I mean, did we have that? And may, maybe we had some of it out there, but at least not not where I was. Like I went to private school till I was in like third grade, and then I had fourth, fifth, and sixth, and and public, and we didn't have any of that art program stuff. Like we had a band guy that came in like once a week, kind of, and right. Um. But I tried drums. We got in, I got in a fight with the dude one time and walked out, so I was done. That sounds familiar. Well, so <laughs> so we were learning sextuplets, which for all the musicians out there, you know what a sextuplet is. And I'm like, oh, that's like at the end of one by Metallica. And he got in, he kept arguing with me, no, it's like the Chicago song. I was like, well, that's great, but it's also in one by Metallica. And he just wouldn't let it go, so I just said, screw you, and walked out. And then I walked away from drums for a few years. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. But then around that same stretch, like then in junior high, I started getting into uh, guitar a little bit more and then uh, tried playing that. Never really struck it really that great with guitar at that point. And then uh, I really got into like Motley Crue and Red Hot Chili Peppers and thought Nikki Six and Flea were pretty cool. Bass. So I got a bass. And uh, that was right before I moved back east. I picked, I got my first bass. Oh, nice. So. But you're still you can play drums. You can you're actually well, I was, I've seen you play piano. So I I'm more of a percussionist than a drummer. Okay, but if you had to, you could. I can survive on a drum kit for a little bit, but like so then then in high school I played. Um, I moved back here. I played bass mainly and started getting into the punk rock scene down in Newark, Delaware, which was actually a pretty big scene really uh, for the area yeah okay. like if if uh you ever heard of the band boy sets fire they came out of there there was other bands railhead walleye uh zangorilla all came from the new arc scene it was it was a very vibrant scene it was you know shows every weekend somewhere right um and but like philly seemed like a country and a half away right whereas like new arc and wilmington there was a bar in wilmington i was playing when i was 15 called the barn door <laughs> and i was playing punk original punk rock nice at 15 years old on this little tiny stage where the crowd would walk through the stage to get to the bathroom. Oh, really? So you'd be playing, like, rocking out this, you know, punk is it rock on the tune. floor or is it no, raised? It was, it was raised, and they'd walk up the couple steps and walk through oh, the, uh, <laughs> push you out of the way to get to the bathroom. Oh, my God. You know, the dude, Art, owned the place. I think he just passed away a few years ago, but, um. So I started, started doing gigs when I was, like, 15. My first band back then was this band, Shrubbery. <laughs> that's a great name and you know we played did some original songs it was all like just punk rock um like we the covers we did i think we covered like a dwarves or ed hall and flipper and we were into like dead kennedys and the descendants right. and all that still into all that stuff now i'm going to see the dead kennedys in like two months did you dress the part yeah i mean i shopped at army navy surplus <laughs> Like, that was what you did. The, all the guys in the scene back then were like, I'm going to be homeless and just decided to not live at home for, you know, months at a time. But I was like, but you can still, like, go home whenever you want. Yeah. So, but I I mean, I had a good good home life and good family upbringing. My, my parents were divorced, but, like, I ended up with a really good stepdad, too, at the same time. So, like, I, uh, I never really fit in with the punk rock scene because I wasn't miserable at home. And wasn't, like, rebelling against anything. I just liked the music and liked hanging out. Right. So I did that. Then I joined this band, Nine, um, which recorded, like, two albums, like, when I was 16. I was recording. Oh, that's awesome. In a studio, recording demo albums and stuff like that. And we, um, a couple of guys in that band, when that band broke up, went and formed Boy Sets Fire. That sounds familiar. Yeah, well, they were signed to Victory Records. Uh, okay. They've done a bunch okay. of tours. Okay. They, they're in Europe again this year doing a full tour. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Nathan Gray was the lead singer. He does a ton of solo stuff now. Uh, but I was work playing with those guys when I was like fifteen, sixteen. Right. On that scene, and then, um, then I got into stuff more at school again because I was in high school. Yeah. So like, I was doing that and like going out drinking on the weekends 
with these guys that were like in their 20s. Yeah. And then going and playing the marching band game Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I played drums in marching band. I got into the jazz band. I, I think because I have... of a girl, I got started doing all that stuff. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, well, the girl I likes in marching band. All right, well, I'll go play drums in marching band. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, and she's in jazz band too. Great. I can play bass. Oh, oh and in the concert band? Yeah, I can play timpani and stuff. I know how to do all that. I have as much musical talent in my body as I did monitor talent. Oh. It's, I've, that, I've, it's that good. I've had to endure that before. Yes, you have. So what what got you into into our scene, our Philly cover band scene? Because this is the, the, the cover band scene, and, and you, you heard I was talking to Ray about it. It's, it's like Disneyland for, for musicians in a way. In a way, there – I don't see – another area having the cover band scene like we have because of, of no there's well in proximity of where we are there's a lot of other cities that have tribute band scenes right yes so like la has a huge tribute scene right right um and those guys travel new york has a big cover band scene but it's it's isolated to new york right so so what? there back in the day in the agencies there was a lot less than there were um, oh yeah, I know. But back 20 years ago, there was a handful of agencies. There was one agency that handled like all of up up New, upstate Jersey and all of New York. Well, like mob families. Well, they have their the, own territories. They, they booked the nerds. Okay. Oh, I love the nerds. They booked Brian Kirk and the Jerks. They booked uh, Dog Voices. They, those guys didn't really play in Philly ever. Right. That the they nerds. Played, they very little. Very very little. They played down to LBI, and they played north. I and think... bands from Philly and South Jersey played up to LBI. Yeah, maybe every once in a while you travel north. We and then I, that was it. We played a little bit when I worked with the Rockets. We played a little bit in North Jersey, not much at all, mostly south. Right. We didn't go to New York. I think maybe New York was more weddings or private events. Well, right, because then you get privately booked, but the clubs were all right. run by clubs, Stars Stars Agency. I'm almost positive I never did a club in New York with 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 the Rockets ever, not once. No. Now maybe they played at some point, but not not when I was working. No, no, no. So, so for most of the stretch that you were there, there was a deal with Stars and Shore Bets back then. I remember Shore Bets. Well, Shore Bets is still around. Okay, where that was that was Al Geary's agency, yep. and yep. he started yep. it with a couple other guys, him, Bob Mascio, and um, I forget the other guy that started Bob something. So they um had an agreement with Stars, like they would book. Up there, the Stars bands would come down and play some of their rooms because they had some stuff in Wildwood yep. and LBI. And they then their bands would go up and play the Jersey bars and Connecticut and stuff that Stars had. Uh-huh. And they had a reciprocal relationship. But those were the only agencies that had that. I want to say that we saw the Nerds either on Delaware Avenue or down the shore. I don't... The Nerds played Finnegan's a couple times. I, maybe we saw them they there. They used to play Joe Pops all the time. I know. Because I know... Because back, back when I was working and back when, when you were in the band also, we worked a lot in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. we, we were six, seven days a week, sometimes seven days with a double yeah. thrown in. And we never had time to go see other bands. Like, a, a rare Thursday night, we would get off to go see Le Compte at Roosevelt's. And it was like, oh, my God, it's Christmas time because right. we can go out. Or we could get broken down and fast enough. But once or twice, I went and saw the nerds with Dave and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And Jerry was a huge fanboy. I love uh, the nerds. They're great guys. They too, were man. phenomenal. And they're still around. They're, they're, they did a show around here not too long ago. I loved watching the nerds. Um, but so to, to get back to your question. Yes. So I got – that was what I was doing in high school. When I got to college, I went for upright bass. So I went for – actually, I went, I went for electric bass. And when I got there, they were like, oh, you're going to have to do all your recitals and stuff on upright. And I was like, well, shit. So I learned how to play upright bass in college. And I pretty much double majored in bass and percussion. Okay. So I played a ton of marimba, steel drums, vibraphone, steel timpani. drums like the island steel drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So I was doing that. I ended up playing bass with that, and that's I I uh, we used to go to like open mic nights, jazz open mic nights. Okay. Because that's what I was doing, and that's when I started gigging. Um, for the most part, so I was gigging from the time I was like eighteen, and jazz gigs. But I was doing jazz gigs, corporate gigs, stuff like that. And then that kind of parlayed itself into a lot of steel drum work that got me some more connections. So we were doing steel drum, duo, trios, full band stuff, playing clubs, stuff like that. Right. Um, and then was there a lot of was there a lot of uh, 
like people like for that? In so clubs? this was all late nineties. Okay. Um, a lot of the steel drum stuff was private gigs. So you okay. play like wedding receptions, backyard parties. You right. Need stupid money. Like you, stupid money. Did to you have go to wear a Rasta play. wig? No, we had to wear Hawaiian shirts, you know, flower shirts. That was okay. the thing. I remember, was, uh, I remember Gonzo Hawaiian shirt, Hawaiian shirt Gonzo Friday is, yeah. uh, was a WMMR thing, is every Friday you wear a Hawaiian shirt. There you go. So, but that was when I started, I, and I, I got out of that and wanted to get into the cover band scene because those, like, you were wallpaper. Right. So you're playing these shows in this backyard, and you're, like, playing all this crazy stuff and, like, you know, these like jazz riffs and solos and you're listening to these like phenomenal musicians play with you and you're looking around and, like nobody cares yeah and you're like this is i was it, and i was so in my head i'm like well we're like busting our ass here like i know they're paying us really well but i wish somebody was paying attention so then i got a call to go play in a swing band because i've been doing all the jazz Sweet. stuff i was no really? guy. so i ended up playing with the jump and jive band okay which was formed by paul picari i love swing so Paul Picari was the original bass player for Crystal Rocks. Oh, cool. And he was our lead singer. And nice. it was a bunch of um, just guys from, like, University of Delaware and a couple guy, other guys from here, there, and the other other places. And we put that together, and we played, like, some weddings. We did some clubs. We used to play. Our first show was opening for the Heartbeats of the Lagoon. Wow. This is in 98. I, for, you for, I forget how long the Heartbeats have been around. Well, the Heartbeats... Formed out of the Rockets in the eighties. Yes, Nick Cassiano. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they've they're so, just a machine. So speaking of that, so uh, that band, we started to make. I started to make a few other connections with that because we were transitioning out of the swing band thing. Like, and I was playing upright. We were playing the Stone Balloon every Tuesday night, doing an all ages swing night. Nice. I played. That, the, now, I played that, the bottling cork for the Millennium for two thousand. Was was the Stone Balloon like the all ages thing? Was that did that get a crowd? No, I mean it was. It was, it was weird too, right? So right. I mean, you know, swing was big in the late nineties. Like, yeah, all I remember. I, so, but it was also a Tuesday night, right? So it was tough to do all ages. It was mostly trying to get the college kids out. Yeah, they couldn't get in the balloon otherwise. Right. But we had like parents bringing their kids. Well, like, that's kind of cool though. It was weird though. Weird, but, but yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, we had fun. You know, it was uh, that was when I used to like take the bass and throw it over my knee. I'd be playing, doing all the spins, all that kind of stuff. Um, Don't do that much anymore. No, no. <laughs> I used to do that at open mics when I would take my bass out up, up at Jocelyn's, though. Um, so we were doing that. We were booked by Freddie Baker. So yep. that was my first okay. introduction into agents and stuff like that, too. Like, we played the Primate Park opening at the Philly Zoo. Neat. That was cool. Yeah, that's pretty um, neat. Swinging with the primates. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. And then we were swinging in the new year. It's catchy marketing. At, we played the Bottle and Cork, and that was when they bought the rudder. Oh, really? We played the celebration was, hey, we just bought the Rusty Rudder. And it, so that was Alex and, was that Alex yet? Yeah, right? That'd be Alex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my first time down there was when, the first time the Rockets went down. Yeah, there, so, so this I, is back, this is back New Year's Eve 1999. Oh, yeah. Uh, New 2000. New Year's Eve 1999, I was walking around Center City with my, at the time, girlfriend and my friend who no longer lives here and his wife, girlfriend, cousin, something like that. I don't know. Wife, girlfriend, cousin? Yeah, they're like second or third cousins. Like a West Virginia kind of thing? Yeah, no, he grew up across the street from me. Okay. And they're, yeah, they're like <laughs> second cousins. Um, by marriage or something stupid like that. We Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was my, my first kind of introduction into stuff. Right. And then I ended up, that kind of fell out. I was still doing a bunch of steel drum work and doing like musicals and doing dinner theater gigs and stuff like that on bass. Was it your, was it your main source of income? Mm-hmm. Just doing I didn't that? have a job till I was 26. God, first time I got a real job. Damn. I mean, I was making, I was working like at, when I was in college, I was playing in college, probably 10 to 12 concerts a month for school. Right. And probably I had a Sunday jazz brunch for two years that I did um, every week. And then I was also doing another seven to eight, 10 gigs a month. On top of that, plus open mics I was going to to get more work. Wow. Because you used to be able to do that. So I hustled. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was also when I, I started thinking that, wow, look, I can go out and, and drink and play. Yeah. This is neat. So. Yeah, that um, was fun. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, no. No. But uh, at the time it was. So I, I ended up coming out of that swing band and i left them to actually join a band called um public service 
But the end of the swing band days when we tried sw- transitioning to a rock band, we actually brought in Chris Legere and Mike Legere. No shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Mike played with us for a while. Chris, like, we did, like, a rehearsal. It was him and uh, Caroline. Oh, wow. We were doing shampoo stuff at the time, and wow. they came and did a rehearsal with us. Chris a pretty good drummer. Yeah, yeah. I was not a good rock bass player at that point, <laughs> which he managed to state to Paulie multiple times. Like, are you sure this kid knows how to play bass? Paulie's like, no, he's really good. I was like, I don't know how to play Earth, Wind, and Fire, though. I'll figure it out. Because <laughs> I didn't listen to any of that stuff growing up. I was a Depeche Mode, right. Nine Inch Nails, punk rock. Right. Give my mom some... listened to ABBA. My dad listened to Benny Goodman. Give me... Ooh, yeah. Well, and we my go. dad was also 56 when I was born, so he was born in 1925. So Okay. I dig the Benny Goodman, though. My grandfather yeah. listened to that all the time. Got me into the big band stuff. So, um... I played with this band Public Service for a little bit, which right. was the first ska band in Philly. Oh. They came out of the the lead guy, Chris Manos, used to be in Ruder Than You back in the 80s. Right. And he formed Public Service. They'd been around for, I don't know, 20 years when I played with them almost. Damn. And um, we played a handful of shows, and but that got me into Abilene. I remember Abilene. On South Street, wow. which is where I met the Turnstiles. Okay. That's I met familiar. them there, and then they used to play the Brickyard in Newark at University of Delaware. Okay. And I saw them both spots, and then I went up and talked to them one night, and their bass player quit. And I was like, hey, I play bass. And they were like, great, come to Rehearsal Tuesday. <laughs> and then I was the bass player for the Turnstiles. Okay, that's uh, pretty easy. Uh, um, which was a ska yeah. original band that did covers and stuff like that, too. Right. I was with them for two and a half years. We were booked by Shore Bets. Okay. Um, you might know that band better as Drop Dead Sexy. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I do so, remember so Drop Dead transi- Sexy. Well, they're still killing it. Yep. Um, that's how I got started with that. And then I joined them. I was like, great, this is Scott. This is fun. Doing a ton of rock stuff. You know, and um, yeah, I played with them for like two and a half years. Wow. And uh, got engaged. Got lost the engagement. It was like, oh, I'm leaving the band. And I was like, I got to reset and figure stuff out. And, <laughs> and I did. And I uh, was leaving them. Time to get another uh, job. That was like 2002. No, I didn't want to get a real job. No, of course. But like, I was leaving. I was going to go try something else. The the band right. had gone through some changes. Yeah. I was like, I can't put on an afro again tonight. Oh, but that would have um, been so fun to see. There's pictures somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we did plenty. We had our we had our sets. We did our glam wigs and our afro wigs and our cowboy hats. Yikes. And um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Look, we had we had a blast. Yeah. No, I. Ton of great shows. We went through some lineup changes. Some of them didn't really work out um, where the band and I were a great fit at that time for each other anymore. Right. Um, Seen that a lot. So I was look- I decided that I was going to leave and go try and do more of the, um, the heavy stuff that was kind of popular at the time. I went out and saw a ton of bands back then. Um, any, any night I was off, I was out checking out bands. And I was in Delaware. So right. like I was at the Balloon, so I was seeing Burnt Sienna and Tin Pan Alley. Oh. And after Laura Lee joined Tin Pan Alley, because I was at her first show. Wow. And then I started seeing Kristen and the Noise, and then I was seeing Steamroller, and then I was venturing up farther and going Slippery? to see Monkey, but Slippery wasn't still around. No? They were already doing the corporate thing by then, because this is early 2000s. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I remember Steamroller. Oh, I used to love them. So, and they were with, with our agency. Yep. So I'd go see them, I'd go see Monkey Bus. I'd that was see... like the old, like back when Bronco Bills was a thing in Northeast Philly. See, I never made it up to Northeast Philly. No. Like, I was listening to you and Ray talk. Yeah. And, like, because of how the turnstiles came up, like, they were a South Jersey band. They were from Violent. Right. So, I played South Jersey some. We were, like, an up and coming. So, like, gotcha. in your list of roster, we were, like, <clears throat> yeah. Eighth. Right. I guess. On the, on the Shore Bets roster at the time. Right. But we moved up. We were rocketing up. Right. Just because we did something different than everybody else. I mean, at the time, it was, like, us, Fuzzy Bunny Slippers, and Freaking Cats. Were the horn bands. I remember Fuzzy Bunny. And Fuzzy Bunnies was more punk rock than we were. Like, we did some punk, but a lot more horn stuff. And then we transitioned out of originals and into just an overall party medley kind of thing. And that's... But, like, I ended up leaving that. Um, But we played Connecticut. We played Boston. We played... You know, we didn't play Boston. We played Connecticut a lot. We did Jersey Shore a ton. We played in Annapolis a ton. Um, like the dude, the lead singer for Jimmy's Chicken Shack used to come out and see us every once in a while down in Annapolis. Okay. One of the Backstreet Boys was out at a show once. Oh yeah? I think Fitzpatrick. Nice. 
was there when we were playing this place O'Brien's, which nice. I loved in Annapolis. Um, but yeah, so I decided to leave them. Then, like, my dad passed away right when I was get, getting out of the band. So I had some money then. I kind of took some time off and just did fill-in work for, like, a year. Back in the 2000s? This is, like, 2003. And I just did a bunch. I tried out for a few bands. I'm trying to Power think. Numbers, I tried out for them. I was trying to think. I'm just trying to think. I don't dates all blur together i was trying to think what version of the band so i, I worked with was i had just seen the i had just seen the rockets for the first time back then so it was version 900 it was um chrissy oh was in the band it was hopper marco rob yes dan was still on drums okay that was so i took time off to work a regular job. What? I don't like to say a real job because, I mean, people are, you work for a band, that's not a real job. Yeah, it really is a real job. Yeah. It's not It's not sitting in front of a desk. It's, it's, you know, for the crew side of it, it's ball-breaking work sometimes. Right. And it's ball-breaking the band sometimes, too. Yeah. But that's a different story. Um, 2003, I was probably, so what, seven, eight, my kid was three, four years old. So I was trying to work. I, I was probably doing like vending jobs and stuff. So I, yeah. I maybe I had had fallen out with Dave at that point. I mean that happened all the time too. So, <laughs> um, but I remember Dan. I don't think I was with. I think I was with the Rockets a very little bit when Dan was there. Like I wasn't with him a lot, but I was with Chrissy. Which Chrissy? Chrissy one or Chrissy two? Two. Okay. Well, it was Dan, and then it was. I think then Marco was back on drums like oh, um, yeah. five minutes later. Yeah, that was. Dan had a cup of coffee in the band. Yeah. Yeah. But my first show was seeing him at Top Dog. Oh, Top Dog. And that was that lineup. Oh, Top Dog. Um, because Scott, one of the guys that came and dropped sexy, used to teach guitar with Rob. Okay. They both taught guitar. Right. At the same place. Neat. So I was like, oh, well, we have a night off. I'm going to go see them. Yeah. And uh, they were fun. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we were doing that. Um, I left that. I was just doing fill in work, like I said, for the better part of a year. I ended up in um, Dirty Blonde. Okay. With uh, Rave. Oh, shit. I didn't know Rave actually played anything. I know so Rave, Rave was in Redline. I know Rave from being out and seeing Rave all the time. Yeah, well, um, he had some medical stuff at some point. He hasn't really played since then. Yeah, no, I, I uh, well, But I before that, that he, was, he was, you know, not just a fan of the scene, but he was a, a what he play? integral part of the scene. He was a drummer. Okay. So he played with Redline, and then he did Blonde Date for a minute, and then we started Dirty Blonde. Okay. And Dirty Blonde... Let's see if you know this lineup. So this was uh, Brad Heimbach. Okay. You know Brad. I know Brad. Brad's he was on guitar. Anim- Brad's in Animal House now. He is. Joe Naylor. Joe. Joey Delaware. Maybe if I saw him. He went on and left there. He played in Run Amuck. He played in The Union. He played in Lost in Paris. He played in... Maybe I'd recognize him from probably. Lost in Paris. Um, Ray was the drummer. Right. Uh, Brooke Shive and Jimmy Pop were the two singers. Okay. Um. So we did that for a little while, and then like seven or eight months into that, I ended up doing a filling gig with Run Amok. Um, Run Amok was so I, Blonde Date was, or Dirty Blonde was booked by Frank Kelb, right? Oh, and before that, sorry, I've been in a lot of bands. <laughs> yeah, you have. So when I was doing that kind of year off, year and a half off, I ended up playing with the band This Side Up, which was okay. a band that had got back together from like the early '90s with JD Valentine. Okay, and uh, I got to know them and that band from doing all these open mic nights at Jocelyn's. Right. So Monday nights at Jocelyn used to be Delaware County, amazing. Um, like the house band was uh, Rob from Monkey Bus, the drummer, uh-huh. JD Valentine, who knows every song ever and is probably one of the best guitar players you've ever seen. Right. Um, and vocalist, just the dude's unreal. Um, and um, Brian Bird from Fifty Two Pickup was the bass player. Oh shit, I remember them too. But God. the whole every Monday night, uh, Cheese Send a Bar. What? At Jocelyn's, and okay. it was just all the Delco fans and all the Delco band guys. Right. On any given night, it was, you know, Vince Powell or me and Richie Sanfilippo and Matt Quentin and John Kelly and insert 20 other guys from the Philly scene just popped up on stage and played some scenes. That's And they- we did everything from, like, Rush through Tool through popular yeah. tunes at the time, to- like, just whatever. They kind of do that. They kind of do that in a couple of different places now. Well, sort of. Um, they were doing it at, oh, what's the place in Delaware? Logan's? 
Kelly's Logan House. Kelly's Logan House. Yeah. That's it. There's a lot of band guys get together down there and do something like that. And then uh, they were doing it in a tavern on Broad before it closed, but they were doing their emo night. I'm holding the air quotes up. Yeah. And this was all cover band guys. Yeah. That's well. That's so. This that's, was like full networking. That's what this. Yeah. That's what this emo night is. The you know you get like Pete and Eric Hinkles and and um. I don't know who else all is that I'm just off the top of my head, but uh, I think Richie Richie D goes down or comes up for the emo nights, and then it's like just everybody from all the cover bands show up. I've seen yeah. it at Mad River a few times where they did it, and you walk in and it's like a who's who of the local cover band oh, nice. area, and it's fun to just be around all those right. people that you've worked with or you haven't, and you're meeting new people. It was I, I love those kind of nights. Nice. Yeah, so we... Uh... We were doing that, and that was uh, ended up doing trio work out of that. Okay. So like JD and I started doing acoustic stuff. We did a ton of trio work with Vince, Powell, and we just got to stretch out. Like, dude, that was so much fun. Like yeah. we played. You know, we were doing like a, a fusion five minute version of Fire and Rain, and it would go over <laughs> into Crazy by Seal, into Gin Blossoms, into I would bring on my upright for some gigs. I'd play it for the first set. We would do like tool with a bowed upright and then go into another thing coming by Judas Priest. Dave always, and then go into Maneater. Dave always <laughs> wanted Christian to play an upright. He said it for years. Like, I'm going to get you an upright. So but at that open mic, I would bring on my upright all the time. That's Because we were doing like bare naked ladies and all that. So I was like playing accurate to the... the yeah. So we did a ton of that. Like I did... We, we worked a lot. We were we were three, four nights a week with that group. Um, and then JD... Just was, a like, trio. The rest of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did every Sunday at the Trap for like a year and a half. Um, oh, I hate that drive. Um, so we did that, and then, then yeah, then I ended up with, in Run Amok. So in that, all, the alternative was booked by Anderson. So I was mm-hmm. with Nunziata for that. Yep. I was with Frank Kelb for Dirty Blonde. <laughs> I joined Run Amok, who was booked on our own. Right. At that point, we were kind of working with Brian Dugans. Oh, really? He managed a band when I was joining. Okay. And then kind of booked us through whoever was, yeah. was uh, wanted to help out. And... Um, and then I was just the bass player in there, and we were working steady, getting better and better rooms. Played reads a ton. You were there for a while, right? Uh, so I joined them in 06, early 06. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe six or seven months later, one of the guys that started the band, Billy uh, and Sean, the drummer, left and joined the Benders, because that's when Joe okay. Bachman left. Right, right. So then, out of nowhere, we had to retool Run Amok. So- right when we were on, like, we were, we were at that cusp of, like, moving from, like, a mid-tiered C band to like a high-level B band. Yeah, and then we lost the two longest-term key members to the band and had to retool everything. So then I took over running the band. We brought in Joe Stolio, a brand of its pal. I Joe Jailer was in the band at that point. This kid Pesci was playing guitar. Right. Um, and then you know, and we were still fighting to get up. And then Billy Stock came into our lives. Okay. And uh, he started booking the band. I remember, I, I know seeing, I've seen uh, Facebook posts all the time that people are like, oh, run amok reunion, run amok reunion. You you guys had a pretty good following. We did. For a long time. So, we played Reeds a lot. Yeah, oh, Reeds is... We were like the house band at Reeds for, well, the, they were before I joined, they were the house band at Reeds. God, I loved Reeds. Because uh, there was a stretch when like Matt Quentin was booking run amok and managing the band. Okay. And then um, and then Dugan took over. We would play Reeds and we, we did well at Reeds. I mean, yeah. you know, we played thanks... I think we held the record for Thanksgiving Eve reads, actually. And uh, we did well in New Year's, a couple years there, too. Yeah. Um, but then we started picking up, and then we left. Uh, and then we then when Billy and Sean left, we started playing, working with Billy. So I got then I got to meet, and we were doing shows with the Rockets and the yeah. Loop and Split and all those guys at that point. And um, then we picked up our Sunday nights at Sweeney's. Oh, you guys played there, too? That's when we kind of started to be competition for everybody. Oh, because we we were actually beating Route One. Yeah, there were we were. I, I remember that was when Route One kind of started dipping, and our Sundays were picking up. Yeah, we had because for the longest time the Rockets had a stranglehold on Sunday nights in right. Northeast Philly. Nobody, everybody that tried to play against them couldn't draw the crowd that they did from Roosevelt's. Right, and when they moved over to Route One, like first we were at Roosevelt's, and then. Dave always called it the Ghetto Roosevelt's, but it would, when it moved up the boulevard or down the boulevard to uh, Devereux Street, yeah, Devereux on the boulevard, which was five minutes from my house at the time, right? Then it kind of started to go down a little bit, and then we moved to Route One, and it kind of came back up, and then it always fluctuated. It was never a steady. 
It was never it was never Roosevelt. Right. It was it was steady, but it was never great where it was. Right. So yeah, so Sweeney's was um, before us. It had been the Love Puppies for like fifteen years. Right. Every Sunday, twenty years maybe. It was, they were there a long time. Yeah. And then it was all fired up for like a minute. They were there for six or seven months, and then we took over once All Fired Up wasn't doing well. And we had a really solid year. They kept it going there for another year after I left on Sundays. Who? Runamuck. Oh, oh, oh okay. Because then I left Runamuck, and I ended up, you know, um, it was just becoming more and more of a struggle with that band. We didn't have a steady guitar player or drummer for a year. Wow. Every gig was a fill-in guitar player or fill-in drummer. Every single gig. And, look, and I was, I was a dick back then. <laughs> like, I'd probably parlayed as much into it as anything i um i drank way too much yeah well that's the story of this scene and uh yeah at, and I, I, I was using using everything as an excuse to like oh well i'm gonna go make money but i'm gonna be drunk right and that was that was just what i did and then uh then i left them and joined the rockets which was that was around i was 08, 08. february of 08 it was almost 10 years or 12 years 12 ago 12 years ago now Next month, so twelve years. Your first version of the Rockets was you, Hawk, Jim Hawk, Wooten, Wooten, wow. Rob, Rob. It's a hell of a lineup. Danny, CT, Danny joined right when I joined. And was CT there yet? CT, CT, been there for ten years. CT already. had already <laughs> or eight years. CT'd been there for a hot minute. Yeah. So that that was a f- well. That, that was just was, assumed that CT was there. Yeah. That was a fun. That was a fun version too. I, I, I mean, that was when. So you were there for Boston, mm-hmm. a couple times. I went to Boston a few times. Yeah. Uh, Nottingham's. Yeah, Nottingham's <laughs> a lot of times. I see, and I had played Nottingham's with with Drop Dead. We used to play in Nottingham's right, all the time. Right. Um, and then you you had me and you had Greg, and Berg, mm-hmm. and the monitors were not. Sleazy always, was in and out. There were monitors were not always working right. Well, it was usually Greg, so it was fine. We, yeah. Well, you heard you heard what I said. It wasn't you. No, well. I mean, you're I, the one that threw my amp into the fountain at Adelphia, but. Um, what? Did what? I? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. No, it wasn't me. I would never do something like that. Berg. I would blame Berg more than me. <laughs> I would never throw someone's. The only thing I ever did purposely. I never actually did anything purposely to the equipment. Yeah. I would unplug stuff. I didn't say it was on purpose. Oh. Well, you know, things fall um, off the truck. Off so the we, uh, yeah. It happens. Yeah, so that was that. That was that version of the band when I joined. That was a really fun version of the band. There was a lot of alcohol that got drank in that version of the band. Yeah, it was a hot mess. Damn, was, Hudson, was... why you gotta sit right in front of the microphone and scratch yourself? And then it got. I mean, we went through like ten singers in the two years I was in the band. So let's see. <laughs> there was Hawk. Well, so it, it was, he Hawk and CT were there, right? Hawk for and most CT. of my stretch. So and we had Danny. Danny and lasted then, for a little bit. Then Danny left and we got Jesse. No, then we got Matt. Mattio. Mattio was good. Matty's still good. Yeah. I remember Matt. we got Matt and then... Love Matt. And then Rob left. Yes. Right before Matt, Matt joined and then Mike Fallis joined. Yep. Mike had that really weird hair. And then... You know what? I remember now because I'm looking... I'm thinking that, that there's one picture... You weren't around that much... When I was in the band. No. But there's a picture. We, I was working at Adelphia with the band. and with Ryan Madsen. Ryan Madsen yeah. was there. And if you look at the picture, we're all around the band. And Mike Fowles has no fucking idea who Ryan Madsen right. is or what's going on. <laughs> and he's got like the snake, the haircut. And he's right. doing the like the rock pose. He has no fucking clue who it is. Wooten's standing there with his, with his Yankees hat on and hates every second of being around Ryan Madsen. Right. Because this is the, the year Yankees after fan. they won the World Series, yes. mind you. Ryan Matson had spent the night with his wife's purse dancing on the in front of, with the band. Well, f- with the band. So when we took the picture, I'm sitting in. The, I'm very front of that picture, mm-hmm. knelt down, and I look like I have the worst miserable look on my face, and I do because I was getting yelled at as the picture was being taken. Greg and I were being yelled at by Dave off camera, right, for being in the picture, for being in the picture. And for being, as Dave, I will quote Dave, star fuckers, we were chasing the stars <laughs> because Dave could give two shits about baseball. Right. Dave just wanted to get the, Dave's, Dave's motto was, get in, get the fuck out. Right. No, we don't want to screw around when we're breaking down. Right. And me and Greg had a habit of 
sometimes maybe taking a little longer to get out of a club than we should have because me sometimes maybe had a little to drink. Yeah, it happened. The whole band drank yeah. ridiculously. It's bad. Yeah. It, which is funny, though. So I didn't drink as much with the Rockets as I did with Run Amok Ooh. or with Drop Dead. If you don't drink as much and a band's drinking more around you, it makes like no, no, no. harder, doesn't it? No, I mean... I still drank a lot, and that right. band drank a lot, but it was oh. nothing compared to what I oh, used to drink. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, like, with, because, like, with the Rockets, like, we were out at the bar by 2.30 most of the time as the band. Yep. Right, but, like, in Run Amok, like, I was at, at the bar till 5, 6. Like, we were at Reed's till 5 or 6 at the time. Yep. We were at Sweeney's. We would we would hang out at Sweeney's till late. We ah. would, when I was in Drop Dead, or, yeah, when Drop Dead, like, we would get to the bar at 7. Oof. We would hang out. I mean, we had a full-time crew back then, too, even. But we would get there super early. We would hang right. out. We would stay till five a.m. hanging out, work, you know, networking stuff like that. We we weren't networking. We we would get um, told we would get told to be there at seven thirty, and then sometimes our truck would show up at eight thirty. Well, yeah. to nine. Well, when I was in the the Rockets, is when I finally realized that I was doing a lot of that drinking to cover up anxiety that I had. Okay. Because I hadn't had to do the uh, go work the crowd with the yeah. mailing list thing. Oh boy. Um, oh, the mailing list. Because I had been in charge of the band before. Right. And years ago, you didn't have to do that. You just stood there. Right. And they just came up to you. Yep. Because your band was really good. And they just came up to you and were like, hey, we want to sign up on your list. Great. Now you had to count. Now it was you had to run around and beat people over the head with the mailing list to try and get them signed up on this thing because nobody cared. They nope. were just, I'm at the bar tonight. Yeah, sure. Um, you, you but I got the- such anxiety over that. I was like, I'm going to either go outside, hide and smoke, or I'm going to go pound shots at the bar and if somebody comes up and walks, talks to me great but at least it's going to look like I'm out working then you would have your meetings on why you only had 12 names and this yeah, guy had and 200 names and the anxiety I got from that sucked all the fun out I'm like fine I just sell beer now I can imagine um, so you stayed in the Rockets for how long? two years almost to the day really? Uh-huh. just two years? yep uh, so yeah so so then Matt left Jesse came in right then Jesse's the one then that... Hawk left then Jesse left then we brought in Derek Jesse left left yeah. Right. Left Earth. Right? He's around. No. Oh, who am I thinking of? Jeff. I'm thinking of somebody else. You're thinking from before. You're thinking of... Um, the kid that passed away. Yeah. No, that okay. Was, that was, that was before. before you. That was like 2002. Yeah. Okay. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Wrong left. Um, it was Jeff. Yeah. Right. Not Jesse. Jeff. That's right. Thank you. I wasn't around for that. No. I missed his whole... Me neither. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I left that. I left the same night as Jimmy Wooten and Mike Fowles. So funny story about that. That was at Benny the Bums. Yes. And that, so the reason why I wasn't around a lot when you were in the band, the whole year prior to that, from that night, one year back, yeah. I walked out on Dave. Mm. I think it was at a Reed's. It was Reed's Fest. It was, it was Reed's Fest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was supposed to be there and I got fed up with being underpaid and Dave being, you know, we clashed. I right. love Dave like a brother. Yeah. We, we sometimes we clashed, and I didn't handle it the best ways. And my way of handling clashing with Dave was not to show up to work. Right. So I quit on the spot. Like Greg's texting me the Monday of Reed's Fest, right. going, "Frank, where are you?" And I went, "Fuck this, I'm done." Right. And that's what I said to him. So for a year, Dave wouldn't talk to me. And Dave's thing was, "Don't email me, don't call me, don't text me. Come and see me face to face." Talk to me like a man right. and apologize. Like to anybody. It was always right. a that, face was, to- that was his thing, yeah. Yes. So it was a year that I did not come out, that um, I kept in touch with CT um, and a little bit with Wooten. Right. And the night that you left, I came to Benny's because I knew Jimmy was leaving. Um, and we hadn't gotten close really at all because I was never there. Right. And when we would play, and Tony Marco was back. Yep, because he played that whole weekend with us. Yes, so I so re- I got moved to acoustic guitar. I re- so Marco could start on bass. I remember. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this- hey, remember, remember when we were doing the Arrowverse stuff, and you would get a flash forward. Yeah. And what was your response? Ugh. That's my response to Tony on bass. Ugh. <laughs> so. Dave, I will never forget this. Dave was all the way in the back of Benny's behind the stage, mm-hmm. like all the way in the back, like the Godfather sitting at this table writing the sets. And I walked back and I said, hey, Dave, can I talk to you for a minute? And he went, yeah, sit down. I sat down. We talked. I was back. Just right. like that. All I had to do was talk to him. And I ended up having the best night in the world. 
And I don't think Jimmy even finished that night, did he? Because I think they put Jimmy the new lineup up. I know Jimmy was drunk. Well, really no, they they, they had the new lineup start in the third set. Okay. I left after the first set. I remember that. I remember you were pissed, right? Yeah. Because they so, put you on guitar for my last show. Right. Right. That's a slap. Yeah. In, that was a slap and, in the face. And, then and look, and and hey. again, it goes back to I was also hammered. Sure. Because we played Love Fest yes. earlier that day. And I played bass for Love Fest. Right. And then I was not allowed to play bass on my last show. Right. That's a yeah, I get it. Which look, was me being a baby and me being a little bitch and and that's Hey. It's fine. Yeah. Like it is what it is. I regret the way I handled that last gig, but I did what I did and you know. Um it was a stressful couple years in that band, just kinda all Yeah. Lots of bad decisions in general. And that kind of all came to a head that night, and I was just like, I gotta go. Yeah, I've I've talked to. <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to sit down with Jimmy for this yet, Wooten. But I, I, him and I got way closer when he left the band. Yeah, and it's weird that things like that happen. You know, you get way closer with someone that you like. Right. You, you work oh, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time with. Um, and and he's he's spoken about that too. He said the same thing about regrets, and you know, maybe I was a little bit too much of a dick and yeah. alcohol and. Pills and alcohol. Well, yeah, and, and we, alcohol. we we all thought you know we were we were sure set up to be rock stars, and we all said let's do it, and we all tried to do it to the floor. And no, we were just dudes in the cover band. We should have just been going out having fun and yep. just just going out to have fun, not to make it a mission to see how much we could drink before the third set. <laughs> we usually won that, and you know, yeah. Well, and look, it, it was one of those things where, and <laughs> it's I, I look back at it now, and I can't believe I said I used to be like, well, look, there's no better way for me to advertise selling beer than drink it. It, yeah, and look, if I sell them shots, it's better. So I'll just do all the shots, and people will see me doing the shots, and they'll want to do the shots. That's and then I don't know where the third set is. Yeah, it's um, there. Some but of them are, um, some yeah, of them so fun. so then I left the Rockets. I ended up, um, ironically, so I took Christian's spot in the Rockets. Um, when I joined, okay, I left the Rockets. Uh, ended up doing just solo acoustic stuff for a couple months here right. and there. Um, Jimmy. Maziac helped me out a ton during that stretch. Yeah, Jimmy's um, a good guy. Helped me out, bring me in on Monday nights with Mike Thompson and Bob Perillis. Yeah. So I did a lot of those. Mondays at Finnegan's were awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it was, that was a really good time. And then um, I ended up in Decade 8. I remember Decade 8. Um, replacing Christian. Right, who left to go back to the Rockets <laughs> right. because Tony sucked it. And things. that was after like three months. Um, so yeah, yeah he went back. Tony didn't last long on bass. Yeah, and then, no. <laughs> Well, no, the drummer they brought in didn't last long on drums. That was, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was um, Ed? No. 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 It was no. a previous drummer from Run Amok. Um, he had the colored drum set. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, what was his name? I can't think of his name. His name was Lou. Lou! Oh, yeah. Lou. Yeah. Oh, nobody liked Lou as a drummer um, that much. Lou was a good guy. Eh. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, so yeah, so I ended up in decade eight. I only made it there six months. I mean, I, while, right after I joined the Rockets, I found out I was having a kid. Right. Like the month after I, the month I joined, it was like, Hey, we're having a kid. I was like, Oh, yay. Okay. Um, cause I remember like one of the first people I told was Rob Patterson at right. RP McMurphy's. Jesus. It was the day that I found out. And it was like my third week in the third or fourth week in the band. I'm like, um, so apparently everybody in the Rockets has to have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Have to have a kid, and it has to be a fat guy in a band. Yeah, and I was working on trying to be both. CT and I were fighting for who was going to be that guy. He's winning. Um, <laughs> Love you, CT. So then I, uh, yeah. So I left left decade eight after like six months because I was working a day job. Right. Um, That's when real life started to kind of take over. Well, and I was working in retail because I have my degree in music, right? So my degree is in classical bass. I minor in jazz. Qualifies me to work in retail. Sure. Great. Absolutely. Um, so I did that. Um, and I just couldn't keep getting off Friday and Saturday nights yeah, consistently and easily enough to, uh, to stay there. So I had to kind of retire. I did some filling stuff with like FKA and decade eight and some oh, other random wow. stuff for the next six years. I feel like I filled them with the rockets once. You probably did. Um, but no, you know what? I didn't cause we weren't on speaking terms when I left really. No. Um, now, so wait, so when was the, okay. So that was before you left when, and when... that was 2010 when I left and I didn't, I haven't been full time in a band since. So, well, before that, when we when we were doing the uh, rock band karaoke, when you would bring the big was, book of lyrics out, Tuesdays at Benny's, yeah. Tuesdays at Benny's before the big stage was built because they yeah. had the they had, <laughs> they, they played had in, us the in the corner. corner it was they Island had, Tuesdays. We used to wear Hawaiian shirts and Tuesdays. 
Straw hats. Yes. And then we did a little bit of that on a, on Sunday night at, at Route 1 to try and get people in. We did a little bit of rock band karaoke there. When was that? Um, I don't in remember. Route 1? Yeah. Was that after? It, no. It was, I, I don't know if it was. It was The Rock. Um, or was it Reds? It had to be Reds. It, it maybe was, it was Reds. Because I remember I. Did you guys go back to Reds on Sundays after Benny's? We did for a little. That was it when it was It then. did not last long at all. It, yeah, I still have that big book of lyrics. It turned into my uh, to my uh, acoustic. Because I got up and sang list. once at Reds, twice, because Derek was in the band at the time. Okay. So it was after you left. Yeah, well, Derek's 11 years in now. Yeah, I know. That's weird, right? Yeah. It really, well, if Derek's no, 11, yeah. Yeah, this is if 11 Derek's too. 11, how many is CT in? It's going to be 19. Jesus. You just don't think it's that been that long. No, well, Christian's 21. Well, yeah, but he's been in and out. He's only out for three months, or two years. See, I met him. He was actually He's actually there longer because when I met him, he right. was on monitors. I know. Yeah. But, so, of all the clubs that you played, yeah. your favorite one? Uh, have to be my f- just top one period. Your, I mean, give me your top five, but your top like, what's your favorite, favorite, favorite? I always love playing reeds. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a except for the low ceilings. But on it, on it, you know, it might be bootleggers. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the bar, one of the bars that I went to. Okay, like that was like my night. Like you guys were all Northeast Philly guys, right? Yep. Like my night off bar was bootleggers because okay. it was the closest thing to Delaware. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And that stage was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it really um, was. But it, like, in my top five would be like bootleggers, reeds, uh, probably Nottingham's. Yeah, Nottingham's was fun. Um, Tango and Sweeney's. Oh, Tango. And Sweeney's just because it was home. Yeah, like so that I did was the our- Sundays there, and I had played there. I played there Thanksgiving night, like multiple times with different groups. I used to do fill-in bands there. I played there probably with ten different bands over the years. It just always felt like home. I haven't been there since they remodeled. Yeah, they just got a new sound system too. But like, yeah, but it always Sounds good. It always felt like home going in there. Yep. Um, and the remodel I, is is I mean you know some parts of it they they remodeled like the middle right like where to and the stage they got like kind of hung some black curtains and made the back wall black right like it looks good it, it yeah. really does and it sounds way 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 yeah. better. I always like playing Gypsy Bar too, but um yeah I didn't like just because it's quiet. You were were you in a band with the Fallon? When Fallon was there, the Monday night, not not the not the full rock night. I was there the Monday night. We uh, CT Mike and I were playing acoustic, and he came out. Okay, so not the one where CT's whispering the lyrics in his ears. No, and no, no. Fall this down is, drunk. This was so we were playing out there. It was and he Fallon had just wrapped writing the first week of the late show. Oh, nice! Not the Tonight Show, right? He and his writing crew. He took his writing crew to AC. Okay, so they they rolled out on Monday night. Um, Fallon came up with us and sang Roadhouse Blues. Roadhouse Blues. And then he brought his writing crew up and they sang a Boys to Men song a cappella. That's awesome. Good? Uh, Was it good? It's alright. It's okay. on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. All of it's on YouTube somewhere. I know that I, I I know the other the other one. The rock one was Hawk. I swear I thought I saw you in it. No, Rob it was Robin Christian. I know it's Robin Christian and Hawk and C T and Wooten. Yeah, and Jimmy would he? It was only like that was only like six months before I joined. He came out. He he had been he had done a show at the Music Box, and he mm-hmm. came downstairs and he was wasted on Heineken, like yeah. wasted, fall down drunk. Right. CT was like leaning in and giving him the lyrics, and it's the video is from one of remember the camera? Yep, the little cameras that were videos. Oh yeah, the Rockets had a camera that we would pass around. Yeah, oh, I remember. I still have a camera from Runamuck, I think. Yeah. And they passed the camera around once, and um, they would let the crowd take pictures. Yeah. And sometimes, most times, all the time, Dave wouldn't screen the pictures mm. and would just upload them to the web. And <laughs> um, somebody went into the bathroom and took pictures of themselves. Oh. Yeah, and it made it to the website. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how long it lasted. <laughs> yeah. That was that was fun stuff. So now you're not... You're not in a in a band band now, or are you? Or did well, you... So I just started playing again this past summer. Right. Uh, I started working with Stolio again, Joe, uh, doing some acoustic duo stuff. Um, this whole time I've been semi-retired. John Kelly and I have been doing trivia nights. Right. And right. I've actually done more DJ gigs in the last five years than I have playing gigs. Right. Um, but uh, he and I are in the process of getting a trio going. 
I got another project with like a '90s tribute band that I'm trying to get off the ground. Um, so I'm 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 on my verge of coming back. I quit drinking. I don't smoke anymore. Um, That's good. I don't. You know, I made the decision of this time. If I'm going to come back and do it, I'm not going to do it to uh, get money to go spend while I'm playing drinking because that doesn't make sense. And I just I don't have that off switch too. Um, yeah. No, I get it. Believe me. If I, I if I have a beer and a shot, I'm going to have. My routine used to be, all right, so before I go on, I'm going to have two beers and two shots, and each break I'm going to have a beer and a shot, and then I'm good, but i got to try and sneak them in before I'm done at the end of the night, too. Yep. But then somebody brings a round of shots to the band. Now I'm nine shots in. Yep. And that was just the way it was, so I'm just going to avoid all that. Yep. And just go make music now. I, I, I remember as, as the more we got drunk on the side of the stage, the more we would then want to see you guys get drunk. Whoever was in the band. It didn't right. matter who was in the band. No. The more that we, the sound guys, I'm sorry, me and Greg or Berg got drunk, or Minnie Dave and Noah, or whoever right. was there, the more I wanted to see the guys in the band get drunk. So I would then start bringing shots to different band members. So I was absolutely a contributor to that when I could be. Because it was oh, I remember. Yeah. Because it was free. Right. And sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, towards the end, it, it wasn't anymore. Not as. Um, depends you know, on where you were. From my from my first year playing, when they would set you up on stage with like a bottle of whatever and a tub of beer. Oh, I remember those days. To the last stage when it was each guy in the band had an $80 tab at the end of the night. I was like, I, huh? Yep. It was very. Yes. And that was, that was a t- I, was, I was in the scene in Philly for 10, 10 years straight. And the changes that I saw from those 10 years were insane. I mean, now there's not a. Single room that I played, um, other than like Bailey's and maybe Sweeney's. Sweeney's is around, and that's it. Well, Tango's there, but it's not Tango. No, but like that from all the rooms that I played back in the day. Maybe the trap, uh, the trap's still there. The trap's still, but there. like none of the big. There's no, no. rooms that I played when I first started. Nope. Jocelyn's just closed like two weeks ago. Bootleggers is gone. Ago. Finnegan's is gone. Reed's, Brownies is... Plymouth is gone. Reed's is gone. Yeah, I mean it's Brownies Twenty Threes is still there, but they don't really book the same way. Pennant's no. gone. Yeah. Brian's by the Bay is gone. It's Lacoste is going to be gone, right? No, they got another year. Again? Yes. <laughs> they sold shirts last year. That last. Said last year? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Love that place, though. Springfield's gone. Right. That's gone now. Um, it's really just band-wise down in Sea Isle. Um, it's just Lacoste and the OD and Kicks has Kicks couple some bands. Yeah. Well, shenanigans, too, right? Uh, or shenanigans not books anymore. I don't know if they have bands. Or Shamrock. Shamrock's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Lobster Loft See, books. See, shenanigans was in Wildwood. I think the Lobster Loft books, like, more, oh like, acoustic They do acoustic duo, and yeah. solo. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Wildwood, I mean, Jesus Christ, there's nothing left in Wildwood that was there. I mean, um, so Jimmy's is gone, but it's flip-flops now. Well, right, and it's all condos, and it's a, it's a totally right. different building. Yeah, right. I played... Maury's is gone. I played the last weekend as the Beach House. I don't. I never played it as Jimmy's, I don't think. <sighs> I played it as a beach house for Irish weekend two yep. different years. Uh, Echoes is gone. Bull Feathers is gone. Right. Um, Keenan's is there. But Keenan's, they book bands, but I don't know who they book. Yeah, I've I've never been in there for a band that I worked with. Right. So, um, well, it's all it's all those places are very agent driven. Yes. Yes. Um, and depending on the band you were in, you like. Yep. The bands I played. When I was in the Rockets, were totally different. Clubs I played it was a totally different lineup of clubs than I played from other bands that I've been in. It, yeah. it co- was completely age independent. Yeah. Oh, I oh I know I you know, know. I, I I I just to, well it, early on it was towards the end it didn't matter because there weren't enough rooms to support right. anybody anyway. So right. you just played wherever you could. And now it's mostly casino. Now it's a lot of casinos, um, or or bars that you never would have thought you would have seen bands at right. before. Right. Where those used to be the places that you played to come up in the scene, and that's now where the guys that are established are playing. Yeah, but it's—I mean, it's a lot of casino work. Yeah, and and PJs and Cherry Hill is one of the one of the big one of the bigger places now. Yeah, for for bands. I well, mean, that's it's, a, it's the only place left. It's a fun room. I love going over there. Yeah, it's miserable to park at to go yeah, to see somebody though. Yeah, that sucks. You got to get there early. Yeah, to to do that. Um, I think I played there with the Rockets once. Yeah, it's once or twice, and I mean, the one the one night I remember, I was dying on stage. Like I was so sick, and I think ugh. somebody else was sick, and I ended up, I ended up having a front like half the night. Oof! Even though we had four, three lead singers in the band, I was right. the fourth guy. Yeah, there was plenty of nights that I'd end up having to 
cover like half the night and it was like oh well, all right you need to go sing sober and living on a prayer and don't stop believing and we're putting them all in a row and shook me all night long and yeah yeah and we're gonna put them all in okay. a row cool thanks no i i it, it definitely if you if you go back even five years it's a completely different scene yeah. like all the all the places are closing yeah. well it's because people can stare at their phones at home they don't need to go to the bar to do it sadly that's just that's the nature of the beast. So I, I, I'm at the point where I'm just exhausted all the time to go out. Like I don't want right. to. I don't want to go every night all the time. Um, as no, I I haven't gone out to see a band in the ten years since I stopped playing. Yes, you did. Yeah, once or twice. You came out the Whiskey Tango. I did for like a half a minute. Well, I was supposed to be a reunion with all the old Whiskey Tango people. It and was it really wasn't. And, it was me and John John. Yeah, <laughs> and Heather behind the bar and yeah. The stage that was a quarter of the size of yeah, it was fine. No, it was nice. It was nice. I I, I kind of enjoyed fine. it. And uh, so you're. Um, but hopefully you'll be able to find me again out playing soon. I'll I'll, I'll put I'll, it on the the Facebooks and the. I'll totally Twitters and the Instagram. I'll totally come out and 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 see you play in somewhere. I mean, you know, we got to figure out something and, else to do podcast wise. Yeah, and this trio's actually I'm I'm pretty the '90s man I'm excited about just because we're gonna play some. The stuff that you're not used to hearing from cover That's bands. Good. I like that. Um, I like, like different. You know, uh, Disneyland and Meat Puppets and Dada nice. and uh, nice. You know, some REM, like just stuff stuff you don't usually hear when you're out. And and the other the trio band is is piano, bass, and drums. So okay. it's gonna be a totally different thing than what what's That's going good. on right now. We um we I I got I was that get- one's called Copy That. You'll be able to find it at Copy That the Band on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. In the next like month and a half. There you go. Look at the plugs. We're gonna get to the plugs in a minute. Um, I did I tell you about the 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 other night? Um, Ray's wife Ange was texting me nonstop, and I I looked at my phone. He's like, "You have to get up here to Sweeney's. You have to get up here right now." And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "There's a band playing. You need to get up here right now." And I'm like, "Okay. Well, what's the band? They're called Old School." Uh, I I know them. Yeah. Okay. So I go up, and it's amazing. Uh, it, it's it's the music they were playing. I caught like the middle of the second set on the from the middle of the second set to the end is when I got there. Right. And they're playing like Rat and like Dio and like yeah, they're yeah, playing yeah. like old like hair metal glam. Yeah, songs. they've been playing the Sweeney's for years, and they're they're fun. So it, we're sitting at the bar, and it's it's me and Ray and Jay and Ange and um, Ellis, mm-hmm. and we're me and Ange are talking, and she's like trying to think of something to request for the third set. She wants to hear. Um, I think she said "Foolin'" by Def Leppard or something okay. like something off the wall. And I went, you know, it'd be great if they played "Turn Up the Radio" by Autograph. And Ellis is sitting there and he goes, "What songs do you want to hear?" And Ange told him, and he went up and they opened the third set with "Turn Up the Radio." Nice. And it was amazing. It was everything <laughs> you wanted it to be right. and more. And I and and that's not shade. And I'm not talking at one side of my mouth. I legitimately loved every second that that band played that song. It was fucking awesome nice yes and then they played like four Dio songs because the lead singer really likes Dio oh wow. yeah there's a lot of Dio so that took a turn for the worst yeah well I mean it was a lot of Dio yeah and some rat and like they were playing some like they they, they played an Ozzy Osbourne song but it was like a deep cut they didn't play oh. like it wasn't a popular and that's that's what I like going to see bands when they play you know you gotta play your cover music but I wanna see a deep something you're not yeah. used to hearing Oh yeah, they'll, they'll, any of the projects that I'm working on is going to be that kind of stuff. I like it. So I'm not going to hear Summer of '69. No, that's what I like. Because any all the guys I'm playing with, like we've we've done that part. None of us are looking to make a living doing it. <laughs> We're just looking to go out, and have fun, and play some stuff that. That's what I like to hear. You know, am I going to hear any White Lion? That's '80s, isn't it? That wouldn't be in the '90s band. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, you're not going to hear Wait or When the Children Damn. Cry. Damn. Or Radar Love. But. Uh, they did have that one album, but I think that was still like '89 yeah, when no. their second album came out. Those are the only three songs I want to hear. Yeah, I know. Um, That's it. And the other ones, like I said, keys. So I don't, I don't think we could pull off weight. I don't think we could do Vito's parts. Probably not. So, but you got. I can do Mike Tramp. Though. You want me to do Mike Tramp? Do Mike Tramp. <laughs> can you can you play Fantasy by uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire now? Now that you know how to play Earth, Wind, and Fire. Maybe. <laughs> I like we'll the, see. It's we got some yeah, we got some some mixed up stuff. So you got you got guys for the nineties thing? I know you were looking at one point. Uh we're still firming that up. Okay. We'll see. That should be soon. It's all, all guys I've done something with before. Right. That's good. And That's the good. other ones, John Kelly and Amy Rattel and I. Okay. It's gonna be copy that. So that'll be good. I like the name. Yeah. That's a good name. 
You got booking stuff and all that? I'm working on it. All right. Good. That'll that'll, that'll be coming up. Good. Good. Anything, uh, you know, so... Jack, then, hey, if anybody wants wants to see me play solo acoustic, call me. There you go. <laughs> Jack has an insane amount of plugs now because... I don't have a ton. So, I mean, you know, I, I slowed down all that stuff. I figured I still got to get creative somehow. So, sure. started doing podcasts with my kids. So, that's that's, that's a kid, kid Talks, K-I-D-D-T-A-L-K-S. That's on uh, anywhere you can find your podcasts. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all Kid Talks. Um, I got Jack Kid Music on Facebook where i'll post um all the music stuff coming up uh copy that will be at copy that uh on facebook and at copy that the band on instagram and twitter all one word and uh yeah keep an eye out for me soon like other it. than that i'm i'm more than happy to come fill in play hang out whatever you just gotta call me so i leave the house yeah yeah <laughs> i'll uh I'll, I'll next time I go out, I'll have to poke you and see if uh, if you're uh, if you're free. I think they took the pokes away from Facebook. Oh, Hashtag man. me too. No, I think you still poke people. I don't think you can. Maybe I'll just do the. I think it's a different climate than it was when you used to be able to poke people. Maybe I'll just do the. I have a crush on you thing then. Oh, send it to you privately. That's fancy. Just for fun. Yeah. So you can find the Let's Be Frank podcast on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We as in me. And uh, we have a... Uh, I just drew a blank. So I'm going to go back to that. So we have a Facebook page. You can find it Let's Be Frank. We also are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can get a podcast. And I want to thank Jack for sticking around uh, for the longer duration of the day. As we had <laughs> recorded a podcast before this and then went right into this. So uh, thank you for sitting around and... Uh, we'll see y'all later. Enjoy the uh, outro music. <laughs>